0: The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now.
1: Before we dive into uh, what is already out there and what is existing, and you know me, full transparency, I am losing my butt tonight. But I I will say this, and we've got Jacob and we've got Tom who's producing the show. A part of me was like, you know what? It's after the all-star break, right? Like, we could look at trends, we could look at, you know, statistics and, and whatnot, but like, things change after the all-star break because teams have had time off, right? Bullpens are fresh. Uh, Starting pitchers have had a little extra time off. Their arms are feeling better than they normally would on maybe a short start week, whatever the case may be. But I still went all in tonight and, and no bueno. I am not doing well. But Let's try to win it back, right? And we've got two two Major League Baseball games that are about to take place. It is 10-0-3. First pitch for both of these are at 10-10. So that's why I want to start the show with these. First is the Astros going against the Seattle Mariners, who both teams have been doing extremely well. Um, I'm on the Mariners tonight. They are home. I'm going to play them on the run line at even money. Why? Um, I do like Gonzalez. By the way, he's got a 2.66 ERA against Houston. Your giddy is pitching for the Astros, and uh, he's got a 10.38 ERA against Seattle. He's given up 27 hits, 15 runs in 13 innings against Seattle. First and foremost, so pitching matchup definitely, uh, you know, favors Gonzalez. And um, and also, like, dare I say, trap game? Is there such a thing as trap game when it comes to Major League Baseball? I know we use that word a lot for the NFL, but you know, let's be honest. This is a Houston Astros team that just got done beating the the New York Yankees twice. They swept the Yankees. They're probably feeling really good about themselves. And also, their closer uh, Ryan Presley is out on uh, paternity leave. So. You've got a Seattle team. They've won 15 straight. And like I said, I just like the pitchy matchup here with Gonzalez more than I do your giddy. So uh, so again, 10-10 is first pitch. You've got six minutes. <laughs> Guys, what do I like to say? Hashtag run, don't walk, right? Get to that window. So you've got six minutes to get this in. And again, I'm going to take the Mariners, the Seattle Mariners on the money line at even money. The other game later on tonight, and again, well, same time <laughs> later on, it's, it's now five minutes away and that's the Giants going up against the Dodgers. And, um, so, you know, the situation here is you've got, you've got Anderson going up against Webb, um, Anderson, he's got a three pitch arsenal, which you really, um, obviously bodes well for him um but more than anything and hear me out here because i am on san francisco but i'm on san francisco i also like them on the run li- on i'm sorry on the money line as well and that's at plus 140 why uh, they've got Webb. he has a filthy slider okay and it's just it's ugly it's filthy it's dirty <laughs> so guys i love martinis i love martinis i love kettle one martinis with like blue cheese stuffed olives very dirty and I call them Brooklyn hookers like that's how filthy Logan Webb's slider is do you feel me? I feel. It. <laughs> I was really Do you to- feel like when I say that when I say that to a bartender, I'm like, oh, I want I want a Kettle One Martini, really dirty. Let's just call it a Brooklyn Hooker. He's just he's like <laughs> they usually stare at me like what? Like that's how that's how filthy Logan Webb's sl- slider is, and the Dodgers struggle. They have a 31 percent strikeout rate. Against the slider. So no bueno. And also the Dodgers do not do well or n- not do as well against left-handed pitchers as they do against right-handed pitchers. And of course, Logan Webb is a left-handed pitcher. So um you can take if if, if you're not feeling me all the way, it's fine. You can take the, the you can take the Giants on the run line. That's plus one and a half, obviously at minus 155. Or you could just play them like they're gonna beat the Dodgers, uh, straight up on the money line, uh at plus one forty. So those are your two plays again, uh, first pitch is 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 coming your way in about three minutes. You've got three minutes to get these bets in. Uh, Jacob, what were you gonna say?
2: No, I was gonna say I just never heard uh I guess anybody... You've never
1: heard you've never heard Brooklyn Hooker, okay. <laughs> not
2: only that, but uh anybody uh like a pitcher being uh <laughs> compared. Well not them themselves, but the actual uh is being compared to a brooklyn hooker
1: a brooklyn hooker I might have, and i might have to steal it and, and <laughs> you might have to steal it and you might have to try my my dirty martini with blue cheese with with blue cheese stuffed olives
2: blue cheese okay i'm not an olive person i'm gonna just tell you now.
1: how would, are we f- how are we friends I would definitely, how are we, how are we even friends i
2: would definitely enjoy my martini without any olives
1: no, then it's not a true martini. So just to recap, um, again, I like the Mariners. Um, I like both, and, and the reason why is because, because it's because of the odds, right? Like, I don't want to lay minus one sixty five. I just don't. I don't want to lay. You know what I mean? I don't want to lay minus one fifty five. So I'm, I'm going to play both these, both these, these teams on the money line. So Mariners on the money line at even money. Giants on the money line at plus one forty again first pitch in about 2 minutes so uh so get those in of course we will keep you on 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 key on tap of both those games throughout the show we're with you until midnight tonight uh we've got uh, a slew of guests who are joining us which is always great at this time of the hour Cynthia Freeland is going to join us in about oh 21 minutes um to talk some NFL there's a lot of NFL storylines that are taking place right now you've got the rookies who've already Arrived to camp. You've got veterans who arrive next week. Football season is here, folks. And we are going to dive into it tonight. And that's for sure. So, Cynthia Freeland is going to join us again at 10 30 this evening. David Behrman is always at 11 o'clock. Um, believe it or not, I know we are a, a, a week away or a week post uh, the, uh, the Open, but there's still a tournament that's taking place. It's uh, the 3M Open. And uh, I picked Tony Finau to win. He's in contention. He's just a few shots back. Uh, But we'll talk to David Behrman about the 3M Open and find out who he likes heading into the weekend. And, of course, uh, we have Lee Sterling, who hasn't been on in quite a bit. But, again, if it's football season... It's NFL season as well as college football season. And he's got some college football plays and futures for you as well. So we dive into a lot of that. And also we'll dive into some major league baseball futures as well. So uh, we're going to touch a little bit on everything. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Uh, quick break. When we come back, I'll get you up to speed on what's going on with the Mets and the Yankees. <sighs> and uh, And... <laughs> There is a blowout happening right now in Boston, Beantown. You've got the Toronto Blue Jays up on the Boston Red Sox 27 to 4. Yes, you did hear me correctly. 27 to 4. At, like guys, at what point in time is there a mercy rule? Like it's the bottom of the six. like is there like I don't even like I I'm 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 not ashamed that I don't know this, but I should be. But like, is there a mercy rule at the end of the the seventh inning? With this with this much with this much up like a lead? Like I don't is there?
3: In Major League Baseball there is no mercy rule. The last time Uh, I remember This is
1: ridiculous. (laughs) The
3: last time I remember a game with this much of a blowout, I believe it was Rangers and the Orioles in the mid two thousands, the final score ended up being like thirty one to three in favor of the Rangers, I believe.
1: This is this is just this is like ridiculously dumb. Like, there's no way the Boston Red Sox are going to come back down 23 runs.
2: I think they definitely have to institute some type of, (laughs) you know how when it's a a rain delay. a joke. It's a rain delay and the game is pretty much decided, but you don't want to call it, but call it anyway. This this is one of those where we just need to call it early because uh, obviously the Red Sox did not come to play. Uh, They were not motivated on defense at all. (laughs) They had a couple pop-ups and fly outs that they just let drop, and it's... It was a uh, one of those circus games, Anita.
1: Unbelievable. Um, so again, uh, quick break. We come back. We'll get you up to speed on what's going on with the Yankees and the Mets. We'll open up the full lines eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six, as well as uh, a number of games out there in Major League Baseball. I know there's not a lot going on tonight. It really just is Major League Baseball right now. But there's a lot of futures bets and uh, and stuff that we can get into tonight. And, and like I said, we've we've got some great guests that we've booked for you. So stay tuned for that. Anita Marks with you. It is Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. Blue Jays are up on the Boston Red Sox 27-4. to 4. Yes, you did hear me correctly. 20, so if you took the over... <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. If you took the over in this game, kudos to you. This is really, really unbelievable. And so, again, we have Jacob and Tom who are producing the show tonight. And Tom just just shared with me there was an in-the-park grand slam that took place in this game, obviously, with the Toronto Blue Jays.
3: Yes. So, if you haven't been able to tune into the game, uh, Rymel Tapia of the Blue Jays hit a shot to deep center field and Red Sox center fielder Jaron Duran lost the ball in the lights, kind of like Christian Arroyo did oh, against Oh, yeah, because that Amherst.
1: happens to all of us, Tom. Yeah, oh,
3: to the best of yep. us. Yeah, but yeah, what yeah. doesn't happen to the best of us is he let his emotions get the better of him, and he mm-hmm. just walked to the ball after it landed on uh, the warning track and waited for his teammate to pick him up. And by the time they got the ball into the infield, everybody had already run around the bases. So there was an inside-the-park grand slam earlier in the <laughs> game. And to make matters worse— the Red Sox at one point on a pop-up fly in front of the pitcher's mound, three Red Sox were staring at the ball and they all let it drop into the infield. So, a fantastic night out in Boston if you are a Blue Jays fan or a Red Sox fan if you uh are a sucker for pain kind of.
1: Um I mean just l- like looking looking at the box score right now, you've got um 1 2 You've got three players that have over five RBIs. You have th- you have three players who have over over almost. I'm sorry, two RBIs. I, I, like, like this is. I, I mean, it's it, it's it's um it's comical. This is and and again, there has to be a mercy rule, but you're saying that there is not at this point. And also, I was asking you in the break, like, what's the most amount of runs? that have ever been scored in a single baseball game. Did you say 31 at one point, so, right?
2: So the most, the modern day record is actually 30 in August twenty-second, two 2007 by the Texas Rangers. But the most scored in a single game is 36 by the Chicago Colts, now the Chicago Cubs against the Louisville mm-hmm. Colonels in 1892. So it's a it's pretty, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty pretty long time ago was that all right well listen it's only
1: it's it's only the top of the seventh and toronto has a runner on first and it's only one out i mean and they're only 10 runs away (laughs) from tying the record they're only 11 runs away from breaking the record we'll keep everybody posted here's another one for you the cubs 13 and 13 to one against the phillies
3: that's crazy, too. Like the Cubs of all Serious? Seriously? Things. Like I, I, I knew the Phillies bullpen was terrible, but like I didn't expect them to be this terrible against one of the worst teams in baseball in the Chicago Cubs. That's ridiculous. I
2: mean, some of these scores are looking like NFL and uh, college football like records, like twenty seven and four, thirteen so, and one. Like it's kind of ridiculous.
1: So again, full transparency with me. Right. Like and, and I tell people this all the time, like You know, when you gamble, you know, you're, 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 the amount of money that you're putting down is for the price of enjoyment. And what do I mean by that? You're, you're, you're going to have a little bit more, a lot more enjoyment watching a game when you have money on it than when you don't. Okay. Um, but, you know, expect to lose that money more so than win. Okay. There, there's, and, and just FYI, when somebody is like 56, 58% accurate. Uh, in, in regard to their winning percentage, that's a huge season for someone. So like, for example, like I was on daily wager tonight and and I gave out a few plays and like, I'm getting destroyed on social media. It's fine. Like destroy me. I don't care. Um, but not that I, let me rewind. Not that I don't, of course I, I care about my, my, you know, my, um, analysis and I want to give good picks and I want to help people win money. But like, like, you know, like I, you know, I, I did the, like, so, okay. So for example, um, you know, I, I loved the Phillies on the money line. It was minus minus one thirty, right? Uh, Cubs, let's be honest. One would say that they have mailed it in, um, And there's expectation that there's going to be a fire sale. Steele is pitching tonight. He's 0-2 with a 5-8-6 ERA on the road. Meanwhile, for the Phillies, Gibson was pitching tonight. He only had given up one run in 13 innings. The Cubs, they're 16 games under 500 against right-handed pitchers. Um, They they only averaged two runs a game in their last 10 games. Um, I mean, I, I can go on and on as to all the reasons why you wanted to put money down on the Phillies, but Cubs are up 13-1, and they're going to win. So as great as Gibson has been, only one run in 13 innings, well, guess what? He gave up six hits and six runs tonight against a Cubs team that's about to have a fire sale as we get closer to August 2nd. <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean... You know, I, I don't I don't feel that that's bad analysis, but obviously it didn't pan out. Now my best bet was the Brewers, Milwaukee, but I have them on the run line, which means that they have to win by two. It's bottom of the six, and they're all tied up right now. Why did I? Now this is a really really interesting stat, and uh, I'm I'm not going to plagiarize. I got this from Killer Sports, killersports.com. Since 2000, guys, marinating this for a minute. This is really, really good stat. Since 2013, favorites of minus 130 or more, and when the Brewers first pitch uh, tonight on the, uh, on the run line, it was minus, minus 143. So favorites of minus 130 or more who lost their final two games before the All-Star break are 17-1 straight up. So so just the juice in regard to the brewers on on the money line was like minus 2 222 just ridiculous but here's why i played them on the run line Corbin Burns he's unbelievable he hasn't lost since june 9th his ERA in july is a point 89 in the Rockies lineup, they only have 24 home runs in 42 road games. They do not hit well on the road. They don't have the comfy combine. What is it? The comfy combines of, of their home stadium where, you know, you're just like, you just sneeze on the ball and it's a home run. And then you had Burns, who I love the over seven and a half strikeouts. His last two games, he's got 10 strikeouts. He's got 60 strikeouts in his last seven starts. His K rate, his strikeout rate, is 37% against the Rockies, okay? And the Rockies, their lineup, heavy right-handed batters, Corbin is .179 against the Rockies. So where are we at right now? So right now we're all tied up at three. Okay, and it's bottom of the six. I need the Brewers to win by two. Corbin, he only went seven innings. He gave up six hits, two runs, and only has five strikeouts. Again, the statistics don't lie. Like I do immense amounts, (laughs) I do like an immense amount of preparation in in study in all of this. But you know, it's it's one thing to be somebody who's like communicating the information, it's another to be the pitcher. Like, I don't know, did he party during the All-Star break? And he's a little off, you know, this is not a typical night. For Corbin Burns, it's just not. Five innings, six hits, two runs, only five strikeouts. He gave up a home run. So, of course, the Brewers now tied up with with, with the Rockies, 3-3. Three, three. Now, listen, it's they're going into the top of the seventh. I still have three innings left. I could still win. This is my best bet of the night. But by any stretch of the match, this is not how I expected this, this game to go because I was expecting Burns to have a better outing. So I just, I just share those with you and, and I'll go one step further and and let's talk about what's going on with the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. So right now it is uh bottom of the eighth and the Yankees are up seven, six. Now my play here was the Orioles on the run line. So now I'm winning right now. It's bottom of the eighth. Um, and so I, I'm up because now the Orioles have a, a run and a half. So really I, I'm winning now because it's, it's seven and a half, but Here's why. Uh, I, I, I looked at, I, and, and I'm curious, guys, please chime in here, Jacob and Tom. Like, I looked at the Yankees lineup today, and um, LeCastro and, and Gallo at the 8-9. I was like, what? Um, on top of that, as we know, uh, Tyone on the road has not been great. He's got a four four zero ERA against the Orioles. The Orioles, as we know, they had that 10-game 10, 10 winning streak. Uh, this is their first game. Post the All Star break, so they're rested. They're home. They're at Camden Yards. They've got the 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 the, uh, the the boogs barbecue. They got the Orange Crushes. They got a really great fan base, and more importantly, Tyler Wells two and with a two seven six ERA at home, and they're and he's got a two five seven ERA against the Yankees in two starts. Both these teams, their bullpens are pretty even keel. So here I'm looking at Wells. He went 5 innings, gave up 5 hits and 5 runs and only 4 strikeouts, the 3.69 ERA. Okay. So, obviously a lot higher than what he normally pitches at home and a lot higher than what he normally does against the Yankees. So, um again, I'm 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 winning this bet, but I am just I'm I'm sharing the stats with you in in, in pretty much uh and Tyone, he didn't even get out of the third. He went two and a little plus innings, four hits, two runs. I think obviously 67 pitches. I think it was evident the Yankees saw something was wrong, and so they pulled him, and now they're one, two, three, four. They're four guys into their bullpen. But nonetheless, um, again, I, I I am winning this this game in regard to the fact that I have the Orioles on the run line. So I'm getting one and a half, but we'll see what happens. Like I said, their bullpens are even keel in regard to ERA and ranking and whatnot. So we'll see what happens as for the Mets. I'm losing here. I mean, come on. Scherzer was pitching. What happened? So going into this matchup Padres, they've lost 11 of 17. You Darvish, uh, you know, he is not his last four starts. He's got a 4.15 ERA. Um, Not great in the first five innings. He's given up two runs. He averages giving up two runs to his opposing teams in the first five innings. Meanwhile, the Mets, they won 10 of 15. Lineup is great against right-handed pitchers, which, of course, is you, Darvish. Typically, the Mets, they average 2.45 batting average against Darvish. Also, tonight, wins uh, heading out to center field at 10 miles per hour. Why not get after it? Also, I love Scherzer over seven and a half strikeouts. So where do we stand right now? Padres are at 4-1. Why? <laughs> so I look at Scherzer. He went six innings, gave up five hits, two runs. He did have eight strikeouts. So if you did play the over and seven and a half strikeouts, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, but, uh, but, but through 93 pitches, really the difference maker here tonight is Darvish. He showed up. His statistics prior to the All-Star break, not what we're seeing tonight. Went seven innings, only gave up four hits, one run, nine strikeouts. Not what we've seen from you, Darvish. So, um, so losing this matchup, that's for sure. And, and again, I just want to share with you you know, the, 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 uh, <laughs> the, the immense research that goes into trying to handicap a lot of these games. And we try to get them right, and, and many times we do. But sometimes, unfortunately, we don't. And, um, and so that's where it stands right now. So again, Mets are losing to the Padres 4-1. Yankees are up on the Baltimore Orioles 7-6. I will keep you posted throughout. Before we take a break, let's go to Rudy in the Bronx. Rudy, welcome in. How you doing? No good. No, no good, Rudy? Why? I,
4: I, I'm Chapman. I'm, I am done
5: with Chapman. Done. I was telling you know the guy who answered
4: the phone how many times I've been at the Yankee gang and they bring him in and I walk out of there that you can't talk to me for two days I mean how much longer are we gonna put up with this guy
1: um yeah it, it, and, and Rudy I appreciate your phone call Rudy's talking about um Chapman of course came in uh for some bullpen relief as uh, as Tyone was taken out after a little into the second inning, so pulled pretty early. Like I said, the Yankees are four deep into their bullpen, and Chapman couldn't could not get even get out of one inning. gave up two hits, three runs, um, and uh, and so that's that's kind of where we're at, and why why the Yankees are down only, or, or I should say, are up, but only by one run. So that's where we stand quick break. We come back. um, We will welcome in Cynthia Freeland. We return our, we will turn our attention to the NFL rookies have already arrived to camp veterans arrive this coming week and uh, we are off and running. So very appropriate to have Cynthia Freeland from the NFL network. Join us to talk about some of the big storylines that uh, we've been talking about this week. That next here on ninety eight point (laughs) seven ESPN.
0: This is The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jet's Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jet's is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Welcome back to We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. We've got the one and only Cynthia Freeland joining us here this evening, which is always a treat. You can see her all over the NFL network. Cynthia, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing
6: well, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm great. As you know, I, I. It's funny when 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 I get that email from Directv telling me, "Hey, listen, want to remind you, it's time to renew." <laughs> it's like, yes, time, yes, time. I don't like spending the money, but it 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 is a reminder that football season is about to be here. All right, let's dive into it. Uh, let's start with the, uh, and, and, and I just, I, I want to center our conversation about some of the, the top storylines uh, this week. And of course, uh, Murray, Kyler Murray, getting his money, quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. A, your thoughts on, uh, on, on the deal. Uh, is he worth it? And what does it mean for the Arizona Cardinals now that they do not have a disgruntled quarterback uh, prior to training camp opening?
6: You know, I feel like this is one of those deals that was waiting in the works. I think it was already pretty much agreed to in principle before, well before we're hearing about it in the public. So I think it's less dramatic than it seems. I also like, you look at the guaranteed money on that, it's 70 million guaranteed less than Deshaun Watson. So while the deal seems very big and very, you know 46.1 is his average per year, but like, remember in the NFL, those average per year kind of numbers are they're quite skewed. So, to be honest with you, I don't know, like, I, I think it's actually a pretty good deal from the standpoint of what it really means when you get into the nuts and bolts, but I don't necessarily think it's, it's, not as, it's not as huge as it might seem.
1: Uh, And and just taking a look at the Arizona Cardinals again, um, you know, it's so important, as we both know, Cynthia, we've been covering the NFL so long, not having to disgruntled quarterback because he is your field general. He is your leader coming in uh, and, and really being excited about the season upon them. And of course, the Super Bowl champions in their division. Uh, that they're going to have to you know, try to beat out to win the division. James Conner, uh, now uh, the lead back in their backfield. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, unfortunately, dealing with the suspension. Marquise Brown comes over from the Baltimore Ravens. They do have A.J. Green. Love me some Zach Ertz this season, especially the, the small sample size we saw between him and Murray last season. I'm hoping they build off on that. Your, your thoughts on how productive this offense can be?
6: You know, typically we see offenses orchestrated by Cliff Kingsbury starting off really strong. There are two ways to read this. Either you could read it with DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to be very difficult in the first few weeks of the season. Or you can read it that they get an injection of new playbook opportunities when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. So when I'm looking at this, I think, you know, I've got a lot of questions about this team, but not necessarily, you know, i I got I, I a lot of questions in general like, They didn't address certain positions, a pass rush. Like, you know, Chandler Jones is now a Raider. So you remember, there's some things that are missing, some things that are different. I don't think this is going to be a team that starts off like we saw last year. Obviously, they're the last team standing in terms of undefeated. And do you think they're, I mean, I think probably in the division, I think they end up third.
1: Interesting. So obviously, Rams, Rams won. You're saying 49ers second?
6: I am Nine okay. Second, so okay, okay. So there's... stop,
1: stop, stop right there because that was going to be my next conversation yep. piece with you. But before we do, uh, you talk about the schedule uh, for the for the Arizona Cardinals, right? They kick it off against the Chiefs. They're at the Raiders, who I think they're going to be a lot better as well. Now that Devonte Adams is part of that offense, the Rams, um, and then a little bit easier with the Panthers, depending of course who's going to be the quarterback. Eagles. So you know, there's some tough teams here: the Saints, the Vikings, um, the Chargers. I'm 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 big on the Patriots. I know a lot of people aren't, but you know I, I, you know me, I love me some Mac Jones at Denver. It's a very tough schedule for the Arizona Cardinals. With that being said, uh, we know the news this week is that the 49ers have given Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent um, the, uh, the the thumbs up to go out and try to find a trade partner. So I know mm-hmm. you and I I feel like every time you've been on the show through the summer, I've asked you about this, and we're kind of like, like I just don't see this 49ers team being very good or competitive without Jimmy Garoppolo. But now they're off, they're they're allowing him and his agent to pursue a trade partner. What are you hearing? What do you know? And why do you have them finishing above the Arizona Cardinals?
6: I think we see Jimmy Garoppolo play in San Francisco as a 49er week one. I understand all of the posturing that has gone on. I understand that he claims that he'll be healthy come mid, mid August when it's time to really matter. I don't know if I think that they let him go. Um, under these circumstances, meaning you know, it's not like they have a roster full of quarterbacks that they can just rely on in the in the interim. I understand saying that he's allowed to go to try to seek a trade partner that can be misconstrued in lots of different ways. Like they could ask, you would be like, "Yeah, sure, go go look, of course." But that doesn't mean that they're going to approve it. Like they still have they have the power and the authority there. It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo can be like, "Hey, we figured it out, so just let let this happen." They have the ultimate leverage in that position, so. Until I until I'm convinced
1: otherwise, I I just don't think that it's true. I, I don't so,
6: think that's the guy.
1: So so Cynthia, what do you think is going to happen? You know, at, at camp when when camp opens, like if he's not traded.
6: I think he goes to camp because see, here's the thing about Jimmy G. He's a professional. There's no reports coming out where he's saying you know whiny stuff like other quarterbacks have, right? He's not whining. He's not complaining. He knows how to play this game really really well remember he has the same agent as tom brady so when you look to see the kind of pedigree and the kind of strategy and the kind of okay this is the mindset you need to be in this is what you need to embody i just think nobody thinks kyle shanahan's like this forthright guy who's like always telling the truth kyle shanahan's all about posturing remember he told us like whatever last year like he didn't know if he'd be alive on sunday come on like, I, I just think it's all posturing, and I think Jimmy G is being in the consummate professional and the consummate, like, adult in this situation, whereas other people would not be. So unless something really great happens where a team's offering something that just absolutely can't be duplicated by his performance on the field, I just think it is, it is still Jimmy Garoppolo's team. And I know that some people don't believe me and whatever, but that, that is my theory based on who I believe Kyle Shanahan to be.
1: She is Cynthia Freeland uh, from the NFL Network joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, One last topic I want to tee up for you, and that's Deshaun Watson uh, reporting to Browns camp ahead of the ruling we're all waiting for. Also, news this week is that the Browns allegedly, quote-unquote, are expecting an eight-game suspension. So twofold here for you. Number one, um, what what are you hearing in, in regard to a suspension, a possible suspension coming down for Deshaun Watson? What are you hearing?
6: I took the very unscientific poll of asking my contacts what they think, meaning like my coaches and GMs. I took a pretty broad poll, about 16 people that I asked. The most common answer was eight games. I will say it ran the gamut of zero to a full year suspension. So I, I mean, eight seems to be that compromise in the middle where people believe that, you know, okay, like, you know, the, they're going to say it's the full year and then the NFLPA is going to sue them back and it will end up with a compromise of eight games. So, you know, I, I, I think that's what will I do think that's where we'll met out with all of this, um, whether or not I that that doesn't mean what I think. It just means what I, it doesn't mean what I think about that suspension. It just means the way I think about what will happen. Um, so that is that is kind of that is my unscientific poll of where I think things
1: will fall. Keep in mind, they did sign Josh Rosen. <laughs> So now their, their quarterback depth is Deshaun Watson, Jacoby Brissett, Joshua Dobbs, of course, who comes over from H- Pittsburgh, and Josh Rosen. So uh, should, should, should be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, Cynthia, always great um, having you on. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, adore you, my friend, and uh, really excited. Like I said, I'm really excited for the football season to start because it means more Cynthia Freeland on 98.7 ESPN. Thank you.
6: Thank you so much, my friend. I can't wait to see you soon.
1: You got it. Again, Cynthia Freeland, you're listening to We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESP and brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk, believe in your game, believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports, we'll be right back. David Behrman, of course, joins us here like he does pretty much each and every Friday night. Um, and, and we're we're really grateful that he does. I like to call him our gatekeeper of all things gambling. At ESPN.com on our chalk site and so with that being said uh, we always to, like to talk a little bit of golf getting you ready each and every week uh, heading into the weekend and uh, just to rewind um, I, I know we didn't have a chalk column that came out this week but I was actually we had an abbreviated 30 minute show for daily wager and my pick to win this week was uh, Finau Tony Finau And uh, he's tied for fourth right now. He's seven under. He shot a 67 on Thursday, a 68 today. So quite a few... Strokes back, um, because you got uh, Scott Piercy, who's at the top of the leaderboard at 13 under. Grillo is at 10 under as well. So, like I said, a, a few shots back, but nonetheless tied for fourth and still in the hunt. Who do you like heading in? Who's who's? What's your favorite play? Who's your favorite player heading into golfer heading into Saturday?
5: It's funny you bring up Tony Finau because anybody who reads the, the weekly column again, you mentioned we didn't have it this week and, and who has paid attention to that and or what I say on, on your show knows I don't I don't pick Tony Finau often. He's not someone who I he's someone who I feel the betting public has severely overrated over time. He hasn't played well in big events. Uh, Up until last year, the only event he had won was a B-field event in Puerto Rico. So this is the type of event with a weak field that Tony Fiannau was the favorite and go ahead and win. And I didn't pick him to win. I know you did uh, on the show. Um, But studying the box score after two days, which you know I love doing, you know I love looking for players that are striking the ball well off the tee on approach around the greens and who may have struggled a little bit with the flat stick, and if they can pick that up and drop a putt or two, maybe they win. Over the weekend, it worked for Xander Shoffley a few weeks ago um, when in Scotland when he was struggling with the putter, but striking the ball better than anybody in the field and then wound up finding his putter and, and won the event because, as you and I have discussed, it's a lot easier to find your putter than it is to find your stroke. So if you're hitting the ball well, I like those type of players. And you look at Tony Finau, second off the tee in shots gained, sixth around the green, second tee to green, fourth total, and 53rd in putting. So that's someone where Tony is currently – right there with the leaders a couple of shots back and hasn't really made any putts this week. Uh, so if he can find his putter and, you know, if Scott Piercy drops a couple of shots here and there, this could be an event that grabbing Tony Finau at 5-1 to one right now, it's not the 11 or 12-1 that, that you gave out on there, but I still think there's value there. Uh, the other player I like, uh, someone who came on the scene late last year and has had a decent year below the radar, Tom Hoagie. Uh, very, very similar reasons, and, and he's a couple of shots back at seven under par, but for the same reasons that I mentioned for Tony Finau, you look at, at Hoagie, he's first on approach, first around the green, first tee to green, and fourth in shots game total. Where is he struggled? On the green with the putter, 65th. Hits a couple of putts, continues to lead the field in hitting on approach around the green and tee to green, he can win, and he's sitting there right now anywhere from 16 to 18 to 1. You know I like grabbing players that just need to make a putt or two, uh, like well, like me this morning when I played and I shot well but couldn't make a putt. So if Finau or Hoagie can make a putt, I think both of them are live this weekend. Obviously, Scott Piercy is blowing the field away, and lo and behold, you look at the other side of things, Piercy is sitting there at first in the field and putting, which – We talked about how you can find your putter easier than finding your swing. You can also lose your putter faster than losing your swing. We talked about that at the British Open with Cam Smith, and when he couldn't find his putter on Saturday, he shot 74 and fell out of lead. When he found his putter on Sunday, he's now the champion golfer of the year. Scott Piercy continues to lead the field in putting. He'll win the event as he has a three-shot lead, but if he misses some putts and the other guy's, I think Phenal and Hoagie can, can sneak up and win this thing. And I, I love, I, I just took 18 to 1 on Hoagie uh, um, at Sugar House just before um, the music came on to introduce me.
1: David Behrman joining us here on 98.70 SPN. Again, Piercy at the top leaderboard at 13 under, he's got a 35% chance of winning from data golf. Emilio Grillo is at 10 under. He's got an 18% chance. Finau seven under with a 10% chance. Sanjay M as well. Seven under with a 9% chance. Another guy that I liked coming in was cam Davis. He's tied for 14th. I did play him to finish in the top five in the top 10, Um, and so he is four under merit as well is tied for 34th. I have him, uh, I want to say either top 20 or top 40, I think top 20 he's one under, uh, and Ricky Fowler was a guy that I played as well to finish in the top 40 at even money. And he's tied for 46th right now. And that's still even money. Um, if you want to, uh, try to get him to finish in, in, of course, the top 40, some guys who did not make the cut, So let me, Go ahead.
5: let to say, let me get this right. Ricky Fowler, the next phenom in golf, and you know everyone loves Ricky. Ricky, Ricky, is with even money finishing the top forty of one of the worst field events of the year. That just tells you all you need to know about where Ricky Fowler's game is right now. Anyhow, sorry, what were you saying?
1: Um, You could still get it at even money for him to finish in um, in the top forty, and even though he's tied for forty six guys that did not make the cut Riley Degala Svensson, and and of course Decky had took a wd a, a withdrawal um but those are some of the guys that 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 I had some coin on heading into the tournament that a didn't make the cut and of course Decky um who who of course wd um you know and l- looking looking at the remainder of the schedule David we got the Rocket Mortgage next week Wyndham mm-hmm. And then, starting August 11th, as we know, that's when the championship begins, right? It's the FedEx um, that's taking place in Memphis at the TPC Southwind, and then and then that field. What is it? Seventy? what is it seventy-eight? Right? How we many go guys? From one
5: twenty-five down to seventy. Seventy down to thirty.
1: There we go. So one twenty-eight with the FedEx, seventy with the BMW Championship that takes place. Um, in Delaware and then the tour championship uh, takes place as always in Atlanta. So that that's really when um, golf gets exciting. (laughs) It's really when golf gets exciting again to end out the season. Uh, But, but just to kind of sum up everything, like, you know what, like how do you, this has been to me, this has been a really interesting year, right? Like, um, Scotty Scheffler, obviously you can argue best golfer, there was a lot of first-time winners. There was a variety of winners. Um, but the whole live tour starting, and it's just, don't you just feel like it's just been an off-season for golf? Like, like, how would you summarize this year's PGA?
5: Uh, with one word I would summarize is, is, is interesting. Um, <laughs> you've, you've had some really young Major winners, you know, I'll you know give tip your cap to Scotty Scheffler, uh, Cam Smith. Obviously, you saw that uh, you know Justin Thomas won his second major in impressive fashion, and beating the likes of Willi um and Joaquin Neiman and others who who had chances at, at winning these majors. I think interesting because you have a lot of that young blood. You know, just mentioned a couple of those players. Max Homa's also won a couple of times. Sam Burns. Uh, young American players that are out there and even, you know, across the pond with Matt Fitzpatrick earning his first major win at the U.S. Open. And then you have the live golf nonsense that has, again, kept it interesting. And, and you know, you and me are different, Anita. We love golf. We eat, drink, and sleep golf. We bet it. We do DFS. We've been doing this for, for decades now. The rest of the world hasn't been as tuned into golf as they are now. It's four majors a year the players' championship, and then maybe people pay attention to the tour championship now that they've moved it to August and doesn't interfere with that thing called football. Um, And and for better or for worse, and and as a former PR guy, I'm never one that says any PR is good PR. I don't necessarily believe that. But for better or worse, golf has been in the news for the entire summer and entire season, and that's not typical. Yes, you and me follow it all the time, but people – A lot of conversations that have started with people coming to me lately, whether it's on the golf course, at the ESPN cafeteria, at the bus stop with the kids, and mentioning what do you think of the live golf thing? What do you think of Matt Fitzpatrick winning the U.S. Open? How do you, you know, Roy McIlroy, Cam Smith, that that showdown on Sunday. So golf has been a topic of conversation with people that I'm not used to talking golf with um even my wife who rolls her eyes at me when i want to sit down on a sunday and just you know bet and watch golf while my kids are sleeping or on the ipads because they don't want to watch it she even said the mullet guy won (laughs) so it's in the news my wife knows that the mullet guy won
1: and she sends
5: me a social media thing about how all of australia were wearing mullets the day after the open championship that tells you that it's it's in the news more than it usually is and I know the Cam Smith thing wasn't just winning the open, it was all the, the live rumors as well. But point being being talked about lead me to that one word of because I like what the tour has done with the schedule in in moving some things up and having during April the tour via T P C in, in, in back in March players' championship. You know, the PGA Championship moved back to May. June is the U.S. July is the, is the open, and then in a couple of weeks they're going to do the, the playoff. So really from March, April, May, June, July, and August, you have something big. And that, I think, keeps us watching, keeps us paying attention, keeps us betting. Yeah, maybe you get a week off. I can honestly say with the 3M, I only made a couple of small bets. You mentioned Davis Riley. He missed the cut. I have a Tony Finau top 20 that will cash and I have Doug Gims to, to win the whole thing. And either the one he's not out of it either. And I'll, I'll live bet some of the things we talked about, but it's being talked about more often. And I think that's good for golf. Um, unfortunately, some of it is negative, such as the live golf stuff.
1: Fantastic. Uh, again, David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, David, why don't you let the folks know what's coming? Because, you know, we've been talking. I had Cynthia Freeland on the show a little bit earlier. We've been talking some NFL rookies have already arrived to camp. We've got, of course, veterans who are going to be showing up. So um, there's that. Obviously, futures bet second half of the Major League Baseball season. Uh, you know, what are some of the what are the, some up in the up and coming columns that are going to be posted on ESPN.com?
5: Sure. If you go to ESPN.com chalk right now, you'll see five consecutive days worth of college football features. We had College Football Future Week this past week, Monday through Friday. It's all still up on the page. We kept it up there from win totals, conference odds, Heisman, national championships, and even week zero and week one previews that are coming up in late August, early September. That's all up there. Uh, The UFC card for tomorrow night is up there as well. Next week, you and I and, and, and the Bear, Chris Felica, we'll, we'll do the Rocket Mortgage Challenge. So that's me telling you in advance that we are going to do the Rocket Mortgage Challenge. Um, and then we have our second-half baseball preview that, that our guys threw out there uh, on Friday morning, so this morning. So that's out there as well. And then coming up, we're going to dive back into the NFL and, and some of their future stuff. Uh, we'll do uh, a soccer EPL preview from, from former ESPN researcher Paul Carr will be coming out. Uh, In the next two weeks, and and then next thing you know, it's August and it's football season, and you know what that means.
1: I certainly do. David, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I I do appreciate it.
0: Absolutely.
5: You have a good night.
0: You got it. This is The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Welcome back to We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. And without further ado, Lee Sterling is joining us on the program from Paramount Sports. It's been a hot second, but always great when you join us, Lee. And football is right around the corner. So a really exciting time. It's great to have you on. Let's talk about some futures. What do you say?
4: I'm ready for it. I mean, it's a good, you know, these three days that we take off nice. Chance you know to maybe catch your breath and and do some homework for the, you know second half uh, of baseball and get ready for football
1: all right so let's start there let's start with college football and that's really your wheelhouse i mean you just every season you just crush it and let's talk let's talk about a win total one team that you're eyeing. In the Pac-12 conference is the Utah Utes. Now they finished eight and one in the conference, ten and four overall. The over/under coming into this season is eight and a half. What side are you on, Lee?
4: I'm on the over. Utah will be favored, I believe, in every single game this year. Uh, they're going to face Florida at the perfect time, brand new coaching staff, and. You know, outside of a couple returning key players like Anthony Richardson for Florida, Florida's defense had a bunch of guys graduate, go to the pros early, or transfer out through the transfer portal. So I think Utah's catching them at the right time. Early in the season, the first game, they catch USC at home. And, you know, every team that that got scorned that uh, was left at the dance and didn't get to go with USC and UCLA – be taking a shot at them. I mean, for a team that's going to be favored, eight and a half, I mean, if they're favored in every, every game, I mean, Alabama will be favored in every game. So will Georgia, but those totals, you know, are sitting at uh, 10 and a half and 11. So eight and a half, easy over for the Utah running Utes.
1: Uh, listen, again, you know, they did extremely well last year. Uh, it would be great to see them pick up where they left off. And you know, just side note. I, I know we're talking about uh, wagers here and futures, but that whole transfer portal and what's going on with college football—just really quick—I'd like for you to comment on it, good, bad, or indifferent in regard to, to to gambling and wagering in the next few years, Lee.
4: It makes it much tougher. I, I've had—I've already watched 94 spring games. I'm trying to get a read, and you can't—you know—a a new guard isn't going to make that much difference, but. You know, if I can see new quarterbacks coming in in the system that they're coming in with a new coordinator, it can make a difference. I study uh, backup quarterbacks because, you know, let's say the Texas starting quarterback gets hurt, you know, they're not going to change the line much to the backup. They think that they're loaded, and sometimes the backups aren't ready, so I'm looking for things like that, but, you know, there's some defenses out there uh, where some of these teams are expecting four or five transfer portal kits to step in and, and start, mm-hmm. so... It, it just, you, you got to do a lot more homework. It does make it a little bit tougher. People that get put in the time, uh, it can benefit them. The public, I just think it's going to be tough, much tougher on them.
1: Um, with that being said, uh, let's take a look ahead to Week 1. Is there a week, co- week 1 college football line out there on this slate that you're eyeing, that you're like, man, you need to run to the window right now? Jump on this.
4: Okay, so this is a team, uh, I can't remember the last time I bet them to win a game, and cover Vanderbilt. Believe it or not, Vanderbilt, the 2-10, and 10, has an advantage here against Hawaii. Why? Because they're in the second year of Clark Lee's system. It's a guy that was at Alabama, knows how to build things. Um, he was also defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, linebacker coach. They're also been in a bunch of different programs. And he's got two returning quarterbacks who I think are going to be competent He's got some skill-level guys, maybe not high-end for the SEC, but at this level, playing a team like this, I I think that they have the advantage. Now, Hawaii came a couple votes away from disbanding football. People don't even realize that in the offseason. They're running in a huge deficit, a couple million-dollar deficit each year. Um, They only have six. That's right, six out of 22 starters returning. New head coach Timmy Chang, you know the name when he played back at Hawaii, but all new coaching staff, new quarterback, a kid coming in from Washington State who only played a couple snaps. I mean, they're expecting seven kids out of the transfer portal to come in right away and start for them, and four of them weren't even there in the spring. And then on top of that, you think, well, they're playing at Aloha Stadium, they have an advantage. Well, not so much. Hawaii's Aloha Stadium is being demolished. They're playing on campus in front of 7 or 8,000 fans. So, uh they put some bleachers around the old track. Uh Hawaii might end up outside of Louisiana Monroe being the worst team in in the, in the entire college football landscape.
1: Wow, that's so sad. Yep. Um Marcus Mariota, um <laughs> I'm not sure he's he's <laughs> Not happy about that. Even no. though I know he went to Oregon, but of course, uh, we know that his family is from Hawaii. Uh, let's no. uh, let's focus on what's going on in the NFL. And uh, there is a team out there that you are eyeing with some quarterback play, Lee, that you think is going to be exceptional, and that is Derek Carr. Now, uh, listen, uh, this is this is a Raiders team now that they add Devontae Adams to that offense. I love Hunter Renfro. I think a lot of people sleep on Hunter Renfro. You know what you get with Darren Waller. This offense could be really explosive. You like Derek Carr to lead all quarterbacks in TD passes. Tell us why, and uh, what's, what's, what's the number you're getting on that?
4: Okay, so right now we're seeing anywhere from 12 to 14 to 1. And the public loves quarterbacks like Josh Allen. You know, make no mistake, Josh Allen is great. But, uh, you know, he's going to be going up against a much tougher schedule this year. uh, When you get as far as they do, it happens. And the division is tougher. Miami's better. Even the Jets will be better this year. And then some other quarterbacks like Joe Burrow. Um, You know, everything. They're not going to catch people sleeping this year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't have Hill anymore. That should certainly downgrade his number uh green bay as you mentioned Devontae adams dallas you know they lost two of their top three receivers uh tampa bay same team one of their top receivers is out for at least half the season and also he lost gronk and and then even the rams you know people will be gunning for them I, i think this is a great value here 12 to 14 to 1 under the radar they might have the best receivers if you count in the tight ends Right now in football, so take a flyer. Uh, he might, he might be able to to bring home the bacon.
1: Yeah, and and like I said, you know Josh Jacobs is utilized in the passing game. Um, Also, obviously, Devontae Adams, the addition there. Keep in mind, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, folks might not be aware of this. They played together in college, so there's immediate chemistry there. They are very close friends. And I think too many people sleep on Hunter Renfro. So I I like that play, Lee. Lee Sterling joining us here from Paramount Sports uh, on Weekend Wager. Uh, Let's turn our attention to what's going on in Major League Baseball. As we know, All-Star break is over. We like to – that is our line of demarcation in regard to the first and the second half of the season. And there are two teams that you are liking the over right now. Let's start with the Cardinals, 50 and 44. You like over 86 wins for the Cardinals. Of course, their pitching rotation starts with Wainwright. Uh, What what is it about this Cardinals team that you like that you feel uh, they're going to make some noise in the second half of the season, Lee?
4: Okay, so it's starting to look like Juan Soto is going to be traded by the Washington Nationals in the next couple weeks. There's just no way that the Nationals trade him, I think, inside the division. So I think the Mets should be out of it. And that basically leaves the Padres, Yankees, and Cardinals as your front runners. If you add this guy kind of the lineup, this is easily a 90-win team at Bush Stadium. Uh, to add to that, the lineup finally starting to hit, as we all expected they would when they traded for Paul Goldschmidt here in Nolan Arianda. Um, they're fifth in Major League Baseball and hits, thirteenth in walk rate, and eleventh in OPS. In fact, uh, if if you look at where their expected wins record should be, they should be have been 54 and 40 uh, going into the break. So uh, it looks like they've actually been unlucky by all accounts so far. They need to address the starting rotation for another arm, but they're already ninth in ERA and eleventh uh, in quality starts. So their pitching issues really aren't indicative of just how good they really are. Uh, This is an experienced team, top to bottom, and always makes a big run in August or September. And I wouldn't be surprised if they leapfrogged uh, Milwaukee here for the division sometime soon. Uh, And they also have the easiest strength of remaining schedule, Major League Baseball. Get this with 44 games against the Nationals, Reds, Cubs, Pirates, and Rockies combined.
1: Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Listen, yeah. I'm put I'm putting it right in right now on BetMGM, <laughs> okay. my BetMGM app as we speak. One more team I do want to talk to you about and that's the Seattle Mariners, right? They're sitting 51 and 42 right now. Over under for them is 86 and a half. Talk to me. What is it about this ball club you like that you're confident they'll go over 86 and a half wins this season?
4: Okay. So, this is a team Seattle that, I mean, you know, no one was was talking about a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, they reel off 14 games in a row uh, going into the All-Star break, and they've completely separated themselves from the Rangers, Angels, and Athletics for second in the AL West. And I think all three of those teams will be sellers, so they'll get worse uh, as we get farther into the season. So I think a lot of people are expecting them to slow down a bit towards the end of the year, but I I disagree. They're on pace for 89 as we stand today, but I'm a huge fan of what they've done already this season. Their DH and catcher position aren't working out too well, so they got ahead of the trade deadline rush by acquiring Carlos Santana from the Royals, mm-hmm. and they're rumored to be in on Brian Reynolds or another Alpha bat here at the deadline. So they already ranked sixth in the majors in OPS in the last month, but the pitching staff has carried them during the streak and, They have the best ERA in baseball, 254 ERA since June 20th here, and guys like Robbie Ray are finally starting to live up to their hype. Uh, They've had the depth and the home field advantage to put themselves in the playoff spot. It just hasn't happened until about a month ago, and I think you're going to see them start playing up to their potential the rest of the season, and I wouldn't be surprised if they cut the Astros' uh, lead to four or five games in the next couple weeks here. Over 86 and a half games here, Seattle Mariners, I think it's a strong move.
1: I love it. Last thing for you, this is one of my plays. Um, I'm going Otani, and I know Yankee fans here in New York don't want to hear this, but I'm going Otani to win the MVP over Judge. Um, I just, Judge in July has not been great. Uh, And also because the Yankees have such a huge lead in their American League East division, I think we're going to see some load management. For uh, for Aaron Judge down the stretch, and uh, just what Otani's been able to do this season has just been unbelievable. And I think as, as the second half of the season continues, uh, I, I think those odds are uh, are, are not going to be as favorable. Your your thoughts on the AL MVP?
4: I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I do think that they're going to start resting Judge. They want to keep him healthy towards the end of the season. I mean, he and Stanton, uh, part of the reason they haven't been able to move on in postseason play have have been because those guys have not been 100%. So that's something I'm looking at. And I saw Tony in person when he played here in Miami. I mean, he pitched in in the game. Uh, he pitches in, he gets uh, two hits, and, and the hit uh, that broke the tie, he's just incredible. He is so focused in. Um, I, I think he's one of the greatest players of all time, greatest, certainly the greatest two, two-way 2 player of my time in my era. So um, hats off to to the judge, but um, I think Otani does deserve it.
1: Lee, always appreciate your time on Weekend Wager. Thank you, my friend. Uh, great stuff as always. Uh, he is Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Lee, before I let you go, uh, let the folks know yeah. out there. Uh, you know how can they f- they they reach you, find out more yeah. more of your plays, more of your picks, all that good stuff. Please.
4: Well, just go to the website. In fact, big weekend for us. Uh, big UFC card going this weekend. I rate my selections to my clients from ten to fifty units. First time ever we've had more than two 40- uh, to 50-unit selections in one card. Uh, we've won 64 of the last 99 uh, cards in the UFC since the pandemic, so winning almost two out of every three cards. And uh, like I said, it's a huge card. Seven selections. It starts at 12 noon Eastern, just $57. If you want to give us a shot, ParamountSports.com.
1: Fantastic. Lee, Spe- Lee Sterling joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Lee, thank you so much. Always great having you on. Uh, everybody, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I- I'm just, uh, before, before we go, I, I just, I-, I love Lee's play of Derek Carr with the most touchdown passes. And again, you could get that anywhere between 18 to 1, 20 to 1. I'm looking at Justin Herbert at plus five fifty, Josh Allen six to one, Tom Brady plus sixty five. I'm just I'm I'm looking here for for some sleepers as well, and uh, and and I think Lee hit it out of the ball, the ballpark with Derek Carr, believe it or not. Anyway, again, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Cynthia Freeland, of course, who joined us a little bit earlier. David Behrman as well. Uh, got a lot in for you, and I know a lot of NFL talk, and, and rightfully so. Right, right. Rookies have already reported. Vets are going to report next week. We've got preseason games starting. And so is it, isn't it so true that when you get that email from DirecTV saying, hey, it's time to renew uh, your red zone and your NFL ticket, you know Football's right around the corner, so uh, you know and you know it's a good day. Hey, I'm back on the radio tomorrow at noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll see you then, but of course, we appreciate you listening to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports.
0: This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.